0: Let's open to Mark chapter 4. This morning, I want to talk to you about your heart. Sort of a continuing message from last week. We talked about truth. How do we know what's true? This morning, I I want to continue that thought with a different passage and help us understand what might keep us from actually hearing God's truth. Your heart, that... muscular organ, it's pretty much responsible for keeping you alive. So necessary as it, you know, pumps blood all day long, yet more than just that physical job that your heart has, it's linked to so many other parts of our life. The heart, so important, gets looped into a lot of stuff. Uh, For example, we call it heartbreak when somebody doesn't want to be our friend or play Fortnite with us, or choose us to do the slow clap, heartbreak, so sad, where heart gets blamed for both heart attacks and hurt feelings, and yet there's more than just that. When you wear your heart on your sleeve, it means you're too emotional. When somebody lacks sympathy, we say they have a heart of stone. When somebody's extra loving and Super patient and kind like Trishon, we say that they're big hearted. Or even just somebody really considerate, like I think of Ryan, we might say he has a heart of gold. That's just Ryan, heart of gold. Uh, The faint of heart, lack courage to be heavy hearted, is to be sad. And if your heart's not in it, you just lack interest. The heart huge part of life it's all over our life we talk about the heart in every way it has a physical job very important but the heart also involved in emotions and it can speak to your character and i don't know it might even play a role in why you think your puppy is so cute the heart heart's a huge part of your life but of course not all hearts are the same in this room we have hearts i don't know pumping blood a little differently than somebody sitting next to you heart's going to respond emotionally than your friends do it just every heart does its own thing every heart a little different character is going to be varied from person to person hearts are so different and out of all of that i believe the most important part, our spiritual life, our hearts are certainly not the same. Your heart plays a role in your spiritual life as well. And just like other parts of life, not all hearts do the same thing. Everyone's heart can react differently. Especially when it comes to how it receives the word of God, our hearts react differently to the truth of the bible last week we were in 1 John 4 trying to understand a little bit better how do we know what's true and how do we can know with assurance that this is actually truth and now this morning just to talk a little bit how do we respond to that truth i, I want to let god's word help us understand how our hearts respond to the truth that we hear week after week big part of our physical life, way more important that heart is involved in your spiritual life. Get this, how we respond depends on the condition of your heart. If you've been at church for a while, then no matter who you are, no matter if you're in sixth grade or eighth or what valley you're in, if you've been here for a while, you've certainly heard some amazing truth. Being taught about God, about the gospel, you've heard truth about your sin, you've heard truth about your need for salvation, you've learned a ton about who God is and who you are in relationship to Him. You know you're a sinner and only through Christ and only through His gospel can you be forgiven, can you be saved. And You've heard amazing truths about God and his grace and his love and his judgment. So many messages, but let me ask you, what kind of heart can help you understand those messages? Or to think of it a different way, what sort of heart might keep you from truly understanding the truth about God and his word? A big idea this morning, I need a heart that's receptive to God's Word. I want a heart that's receptive to God's Word. In other words, there could be some things in your heart right now, the condition of it that's keeping you from listening, keeping you from understanding the truth that's being taught to you week after week. You need a heart that's ready to receive the Word of God. So Mark chapter 4. And we'll start in verse 1. This is God's word. Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. That's typical for Jesus, especially in the gospel of Mark. This crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. Since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the parable. We'll start here. That's kind of the first nine verses there the parable what what is it let's just go through it quickly jesus is sitting he's ready to teach and up on the shore the crowds are are facing jesus it probably looked a lot like this setup except much bigger way more people and jesus sees the the crowd the masses and it's they're all so different there they have come from different places And they certainly have different reasons for being there. They have different motivation for coming to Christ. But those aren't the only differences in the crowd that day. Jesus is aware of the most important part, and that is their heart. A wide range in the masses of how they are hearing and how they are responding to the truth that Jesus has been teaching. Not all hearts are the same. Some are able to hear what Jesus is saying. Some are grasping that divine truth. They're receiving the word. They hear. They respond. They believe. They repent. They follow Jesus. Others are reacting differently. Their hearts are are not receptive. They are uh, opposing in the way that they are hearing. They are only hardening their hearts in their unbelief like the pharisees and scribes at the end of chapter 3 and even some of jesus family in this gospel already so many of them are not willing to listen to jesus and the answer the reason is because of their heart the answer to that question of why not the answer is because their heart so jesus desire is undoubtedly for all of them to hear him and not just like hey could you guys be quiet and please listen that's not what it is he wants them to understand he he wants them to receive his word he wants them to embrace this message that he's teaching he wants them to have a a receptive heart i believe jesus through his word once the same for you. He wants you to respond the very same way to, <clears throat> to comprehend truth. Verse 3 begins with a super important word, listen. And you should circle it and highlight it and put exclamation points by it. It's so important. A, a strong command to pay attention, to, to give a serious effort to understand what's being said. Jesus wants them and he wants us to think about what he's talking about, to give effort to what he's about to say next. It's so important. That heart of yours can keep you from understanding God's word. And this is worth listening to. It's it's worth trying to stay awake and, and to give effort to understand what Christ is saying. And here's the parable. It's not that confusing A farmer's throwing out seed. That's what sows about. He's not sewing buttons on a shirt or anything. It means to throw seed. And as he throws it, the seed is falling on different types of ground. The first, some lands on the road and the birds fly in and take it away. And some lands on this rocky or shallow soil and it quickly sprouts, but it soon withers under the hot sun. Some seed lands in ground where it grows, but it's dangerous ground because there's thorns there too and the seed can't grow as well as it should and it's choked out by the thorns. And then the last soil, the seed lands and it's good and it's soft and the seed grows and it bears fruit in different amounts. That's the whole parable. Verse 9, Jesus again, so important He calls for receptive hearts. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You need to hear this. You need to understand this. Pay attention to this. You better get it. And now here in verse 10, some of his disciples, they just are curious. They ask Jesus about his story. They're not quite sure what Jesus was saying. They They want to understand it. And so Jesus explains it. He explains this parable to his disciples. And I believe he explains it for our benefit as well. Verse 13, he wants his disciples to understand this one and and, and to really grasp the rest of the parables that he will teach. But this truth is so crucial. Verse 13, Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? Well, how then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves But endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and they bear fruit 30 60 and a hundred fold here's the meaning it starts in verse 14 this is where it begins it's not just any old seed the sower sows the word it's the word of god it's god's truth and in this case it would actually be jesus himself who's throwing the seed who's who's Throwing out the word of God. He's the one bringing the word. In our context, it would be those that we listen to, those who preach, those who stand at this pulpit, those who stand in the pulpit in main service, other preachers and pastors that we listen to, those men who faithfully and rightly explain God's word to us. And with every seed they throw, there is potential for God's word to have an impact. Every time they open scripture and God's word is taught and it's made clear, there is an opportunity for your heart to receive it and, and bear fruit from it or something else. Or something else can happen the word of god falls on our heart but not all hearts are the same again that condition of the heart it matters so much and here's the conditions here's the four types of hearts jesus explains it because he knows the heart of man it's not a mystery to him it's not something that he's making up on the spot he knows what is in our hearts he knows clearly what keeps us from being able to receive the word of God and to respond and bear fruit. Here's the first, the hard heart. Another word that's, I think, helpful is the stubborn heart. Verse 14 to 15. Jesus is so likely just using what's around him to explain some amazing truth here. The fields in Palestine, they were these long, narrow strips of of ground and they were divided by paths. And those paths, that's where the farmers walked. And it's not just the farmers, but the animals that they used to carry the seed or to help with the the harvest and, and even the wheels of the carts in front of them. All of that was on the same path, the feet, the equipment. And all of that had one huge impact on that ground. It made it ridiculously hard. It was a well-worn path like like this pulpit, like concrete, so hard. And seeds that fell there would simply boop, just bounce right off. No chance that seed's getting in the ground at all. And that seed would bounce and then just lay on top of it no chance at all for anything else to happen it was easy picking for the birds in fact the birds love to watch those spots they knew that's that was easy easy spot to get seed this is the heart that's packed down by life It's a heart where it's nothing really out of the ordinary, but just the the busy life of every little thing. But it's the busy life that's just so full of you. It's you and you and more you. It's your school and your grades and your friends and your music and your hobbies and your sports and your instruments It's your games, it's your room, it's your stuff, it's your life. It's so packed down by you. And that first heart, because it's so full of you, it has no desire for God. There's no room, there's no interest. It's packed full and tight. Heart crowded out with every other thing. A stubborn heart, resistant heart difficult heart, something in your life has you uninterested in the things of God. You're, you're more interested in something else. And usually, again, it's just you. How does this impact my popularity, my name, me getting what I want? And Because of that, this just has no place. This messes up that desire. And so you're cold to God and you're resistant To his truth, God seems a million miles away. And this whole Bible thing and gospel thing and God thing, it all seems as foolish as the tooth fairy. I hope I didn't ruin that for anybody just now. Sixth graders. Sorry about that. I forgot. Talk to your parents if you have questions about the tooth fairy. Anyway, this is the hard heart, okay? It is the heart that is so foolish to believe and say there is no God. The, the hard heart that is just busy, no time to listen, no spare second to think about God and his word. Again, because it's just so filled with you. And when the seed of the gospel or the truth of the word comes close to that heart of yours, it's not a bird, but it's Satan that's all the more ready to swoop in and take that away. He doesn't want that truth, that gospel light getting too close. So he may bring some competing thought, some new desire, some distraction, some excitement, some new game, new friend, new thing to be occupied with. And the result is that your heart remains as hard as ever. Resistant to the word, resistant to the life-giving power of the seed of the gospel, you remain blind. And I say blind because God does. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, he says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. That's Satan's job, keeping you from seeing the glory of the gospel of Christ. That is what he does. That's the hard heart. Number two, a shallow heart. Verses 16 and 17, the shallow heart. It's a rocky ground. It's word that that falls on this weird, strange, rocky soil and we don't really understand it very well, but, but there, that was a common thing. A couple inches of dirt and right on top of like a limestone bedrock. That's so common. And that's what it looked like. And the word falls there. And because there's a little bit of ground, that seed can be received and that seed sprouts fast. But Jesus makes it clear as the sun beats down on it, it quickly withers and and dies. It dies because it's Malnourished, it dies because it's dehydrated, it dies ultimately because the roots can't support it. So the same sun that once helped it to grow now scorches it, it now kills it. It's immediately green and then immediately gone. It's one of the hardest parts about being a pastor, seeing somebody hear the gospel and respond to it with joy seemingly desiring to want to follow Christ and seemingly making sense of the gospel and that little seed sprouts so fast, but after a few weeks or months, maybe a year, the truth comes out. That seed that sprouted withers and dies. It's common and it's, like I said, so sad and and so hard to watch that happen. But the, you know, the once truth that was so close to you and seemed to be so real, now it's just something that was never real. You you tell the world that God was, you know, not real. It was a joke. Your faith is brushed off by, uh, I was like a phase I went through or just something I was doing to get my parents off my back. It was never really real. That's the shallow heart. Only follows Jesus when it's easy. It only worships Christ or claims to be a Christian when it's convenient. That's the shallow heart. When it's popular to go to church, then you will. When there's something to gain, that's when you'll say, yes, I'm, I'm with you, Christ. I, I want to be a follower. I'll be a Christian so I can go to summer camp. I'll be a Christian so I could go on that cool missions trip. Uh, I want to be a Christian, so my parents will just leave me alone. Whatever, it looks just like the real thing at first, but those roots of the living word, they may be in your mind, but they've not gotten into your heart. It's just on the surface of your life. You know how to look like it. You know how to fake like being a Christian. I got my big Bible check. Uh, I sit in the front. Check, Uh, I answer every question with God, Jesus, Bible, check. I'm looking pretty good, I'm doing it. But given enough time, Jesus makes it clear the truth will come out. It's not going to last. It's an emotional response to the gospel received with joy, but it goes no further. It takes one little trial, one little storm of persecution or affliction or trouble and you're gone you're gonna bail on jesus because to you it just will not be worth it surprise that someone might tease you for your faith or you know you can't lose popularity over being a christian that's not going to work that's the shallow heart it's the heart that only lets jesus about a quarter of the way in, and at the first sign of trouble, he's all the way out. 1 Peter 4.2 says, Don't be surprised by the trial that comes into your life to test you. Shallow heart can't fully receive the living word. Is that your heart this morning? Are you out when being a Christian is no longer easy? Or maybe this is you. Number three, the divided heart or the strangled heart 18 and 19 those verses they help us see that the word there is it's sown among the thorns Uh, that's the part of the field that was good but there were also thorns there thorns grew there and those bushes of thorns as they grew too high they would often be burned down and they would appear like they were gone But unfortunately, their roots were still in the ground. And as that seed went into the ground next to the thorns, they both would grow back together. Jesus says the thorns choke the word. They strangle that life-giving seed before it has a chance to bear fruit. What are those thorns? Jesus is so kind to tell us what they are. He tells us that they are the cares of the world, and they are riches, and they are desires for other things. These are the thorns in your heart that that choke the word, the the cares of the world, the things that you focus on, the things that you worry about. You could call them worry thorns. It's all the distractions that life is going to bring your way, and they're small right now, but they're going to grow. They're only going to increase and grow, and you're concern and worry about grades or popularity or whatever. Those are little, but they will begin to dominate you as they grow. They'll evolve and grow into huge distractions. A little bit curious of the world around you, and you're you're thinking about all this social media and YouTube and all the stuff that's happening, and that's going to grow into a great big distraction if you let it. The cares for the world will dominate you, And before you know it, you'll love the world. You'll want to look like the world and embrace the world and everything that it tells you is good. There's also cares for the world. And a divided heart choked out by those cares and even riches, verse 19, Jesus says, money thorns, the heart easily drawn to love money, to be infatuated with that. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, No one can serve two masters so he will either hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. If money is your master, then God is not. Those money thorns are, are dangerous. And then thorns for other things. Jesus talks about a desire for other things, leaving so much room for other things that <clears throat> can take our affections, can, can take our thoughts captive, can so dominate the way that we live. And all of those, they divide the heart, all of those thorns. They try to convince you that you can love Jesus and something else just as much. But of course, that's not true. What does your heart love? What is it devoted to? Is your heart divided this morning? We have to be so careful. Lastly, the soft heart, the fruitful heart. Verse 20. It's a heart that hears the word and accepts it and bears fruit. Seed reacts very differently in this type of heart. It doesn't bounce off. It's not quickly green and then quickly gone. It isn't strangled by affections for something other than God. It's a heart that receives the word and it wants those roots to go as deep as possible. Soft soil and it's deep and it's rich. There's no weeds, there's no thorns, there's no rocks and the seed goes into the soil and the word goes into the heart and it bears fruit. So many ways to talk about that fruit I often get asked, especially after a text like this, what is it, Pastor Jay? What is the fruit? What should we be looking for? And fruit of the Spirit would make sense. I like that. But I think another passage that could be helpful would just be the Great Commission in Matthew 28. What does fruit look like? There Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What is fruit? Well, it starts with becoming a disciple, being made a new creation. That's fruit. That's where it begins. And then you get marked, baptized. You, you, you tell the world and your church what Jesus has done in your life, and then you, you grow, you mature that word sanctification you've probably heard it once or twice it just means you're beginning to separate yourself from sin distancing yourself from sin in, in life word of god is going to prune you that's what jesus says in john 15 it's going to prune you it's going to help you think about so many things in your life it's going to begin to have an effect and change you're going to start to use words that please god that's fruit you're going to start to have thoughts that are pleasing to the Lord. That's fruit. You're going to live in a way that God wants you to live, doing the things He wants you to do, and beginning to resist those things that He wants you to stop doing. That is fruit. And the soft heart, it bears fruit. Again, it starts with being made a disciple. Obeying Christ to be marked as one of His disciples, and then maturing as a disciple. All of that is incredibly Helpful, and it is fruit. If you have a soft heart, let's use Jesus' words. If you have ears to hear, you should hear. Sometimes this word of God, I don't know, it just has a way of, of bouncing off our heart. It has a way of getting in sometimes, and we think, man, that's really, really good, but you know what? About a day later, you're like, nah, it's not worth it. Sometimes it gets in, and you're really wanting to do that, wanting to live in the way God calls you to live. And we could even talk about the gospel just for a second. You're, you're thinking about your life, you're thinking about your you know the way that you want to live, and you know that you're a sinner, you know that Christ wants to save you, but yet so resistant. Jesus knows that, and he wants us to know that the problem is. The heart cannot receive his word. We cannot receive his gospel. And we certainly can't receive his instructions for life. If our hearts aren't ready to receive it, if our hearts are hard or shallow or divided, you guys, that's what's keeping you from hearing the word of God. That's what's keeping you from hearing the truth. The best news is that you're in control of your heart. The the best news you could possibly hear is that you have the ability to change that ground that is your heart. To pray and ask the Lord to give you that soft heart. To ask for his help. For you to be aware that sometimes your heart is hard. Sometimes your heart is rocky. Sometimes there are those thorns that are choking out the word. And you need to pray and ask God for help. Ask God to give you that soft heart to be transformed, to be changed, to be fruitful. Father, thank you for this morning. We are so thankful and grateful for you and for how kind you are and merciful you are to change hearts in this room. Lord, some of our hearts used to be hard and packed down and too busy for you, and and you changed those. And Lord, there are hearts that remain that way this morning. And I ask for your kindness and grace to change those hearts. Change those hearts that are hard and shallow, those hearts that are divided. Father, turn our hearts into that rich, good soil that it needs to be. Lord, that we can love you and live for you because of the power of your word in our life. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.